I didn't notice it at first. I was working out so hard. Welcome aboard the USS Boda. This is your captain, not Patrick Stewart speaking. You're listening to Dork Trek. Dorktrek.com. Engage, Mr. Manny. Uh, the digital fix said this is the worst episode in season two. So I don't agree with that. But uh, some of their other assessments, I might not disagree with too much. I just, I'm just confused about what Voyager fans are looking for. I thought this episode was pretty interesting. Um, I thought, I thought it was odd that all of a sudden Janeway is so tied to the Prime Directive and all that stuff when she's been kind of like hot and cold, like hot and cold with it in the past. Yeah. Uh, um, it's like they have two writers' rooms sometimes. And like one writer's room wants to play up this whole angle of, okay, the Federation and Maquis, it's going to be hard for them to work together because the Federation has their rules and the Maquis just get shit done. And then the other writer's room is just like, okay, yeah, these guys are just trying to make their way back home. Yeah. Yeah. I so just the, the characters are inconsistent and there's really no effort to kind of build up their personalities throughout the series that I've yeah, seen so far. I very much feel like so far this is a this is a plot driven series as opposed as opposed to a character driven series. Yeah, and the plot's not that great. No. Yeah, it's it's like, really that's not. what that's what those B stories are supposed to be there for to kind of add texture to the characters so you care more about them yeah. when these things happen. But like yeah. okay, yeah, okay, Neelix got kidnapped. Who gives a fuck? But the Good. thing is, Neelix getting kidnapped isn't even really a B story. It it's it moves it's the yeah. yeah there 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 are no B stories on this series, and yeah. and you're exactly right. Like, like the it would have been a cool B story for him to try and help that guy get laid by that uh, singer or dancer or whatever. You think that's the B story for the episode? Yeah, yeah. it turns into they try itch. to figure out that puzzle. Yeah, <laughs> that's. The- I'm going to get, I'm going to get you laid, dude. That's right. Um, No, but you are exactly correct. And I never really thought about it until you said it, which is odd, but it's so obvious that the B stories are there to build character. Yeah. To flesh things out. So you care about them, but they don't do any of that. No. I'm hard pressed to remember. Have there been more than five B stories in the series? doesn't seem like it and if they are they're they're forgettable yeah i'm trying to think of one i can't really i mean i'm sure there's one because i remember we made a big deal about there actually being a b story yeah but i can't remember what the b story was but it's just type didn't have one resistance what was that about oh no that didn't because that was they were undercover on that planet trying to break into the prison and whatnot there's no B story there. Maneuvers was that's when Seska left, and I thought it was weird that they go back to the B Seska. story. There was her and Chakotay banging. Yeah, and I thought it was weird that they get back to Seska so quickly. Because what this was the same season five four episodes later. Yeah, well, and you know, I think I hope this isn't her last episode. Because that'd be really fucking disappointing if it is. 
Yeah, I thought she would have played a much bigger role in the episode. When they mentioned her, I was like, oh, cool. The Seska's going to be involved. That'll be cool. But now nah, she's just like window dressing. Yeah. I, I got your baby. I didn't really. Okay, it's not her last episode. Apparently. And then who was the one guy? There was just, there was the one dude who was a Maquis guy who we've never seen before who was talking to Seska. Yeah. Like that would have been more impactful if it was a if it was a main character. Did that ever play out? I don't know. I, I did. just remember him like making that secret call, but I can't remember there being resolution to that. It didn't in this episode, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, the, the resolution of this episode is the the other guys are worse. Yeah, but so why include that scene? That's because he was trying to get them. Hey, we need you to make an alliance with us. Blah blah blah. Like, maybe that we'll come back to bite him in the ass or something in this episode. Maybe we'll get back to it another time. Maybe the Trabe. Trabe. The Trabe are very much trying to kill them all. Yeah. I like how Janeway is like, okay, we'll make a deal. And then they make one bad deal. Like we're never making another deal again. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it was, um, there is. In the but, most told you so kind of way to like, I, I tried to warn you guys, you know, we can't make deals. We got to stick to our principles. But it, which is always best. Yes. The principles of the Federation, but I mean, throughout the first, you know, 28 episodes of the series, I don't think they've done a good job at sticking to their principles. Like they were ready to give away their whole library for some technology that, and who knows what information in that library could have changed the the yeah. whole outcome of the, I mean, that's just the one that, the first one that pops into my head is yeah, when they that, were- that somebody on that hedonist planet could have read the Fountainhead and then that would have changed their whole society. Yeah, right. <laughs> then you have a bunch of assholes running around. <laughs> Got a bunch of Anne Rand motherfuckers. Um, and then what the one episode where Harry Kim shows up and basically tells everyone oh, that they're not in heaven. Your God ain't real. Yeah. <laughs> no, their bodies are on an asteroid somewhere. Yeah. Decomposing. Yeah. I mean that, that, yeah, it's, it's very odd that she's picking and choosing the, the places to use the prime directive, but at least something happened. Like the episode started off hot. We get a, we get a battle. People are dying uh they some dead people it's pretty good the end of the episode some stuff happened like at least some stuff was going on like i felt like we were we had some real conflict amongst the characters you know chakotay was saying to janeway like look we need to the federation works fine when we're in the alpha quadrant but out here out here is not working yeah and this was cool interaction you know but then yeah i really like this episode that's why I'm that's why I don't understand what this show what we're missing from this show because people are like wow this episode stinks and I really liked it and then episodes that Voyager fans are like wow this is really good I'm like god this is awful so it's like what kind of trek are we watching here like what are we looking for Dennis I don't know but I didn't really think this episode was great um I, it's it just everything seems so flat because we don't really have a good feeling of the relationship between the characters on the ship, you know, like, okay. Yeah. 
like Chakotay kind of challenges uh, Janeway somewhat in this about sticking to the principles of the Federation and everything like that. But it, like there hasn't been a really strong thread. I mean, it's, it's kind of popped up from time to time about her like taking his counsel on how she needs to be more flexible about her approach, especially when dealing with the Maquis crew members and stuff like that. But then in this episode, it just seems like he draws a line in the sand and she's like, no, we're not going to do it. And then, okay, we're going to do it. And then when it doesn't work, I told you we shouldn't have done it. We're not going to do it again. You know? Yeah. It doesn't really seem like they're consistent. There's like an exchange of ideas between the characters, you know? Yeah. It's just like they're delivering lines to move the plot as opposed to like portray an actual relationship between characters. Yeah. But I feel like that's the whole problem. Like we said earlier with the series, I just feel like, it's it's very much plot driven and not character driven yeah where where ds9 was both but i think tng was more character driven like initially but maybe that'll happen later on in the series where we'll come to enjoy these characters and their interactions i mean when we first started watching tng there was a nostalgia there for us because we watched it as kids so we were already kind of in love with the characters um but i'm sure there was a uh, there was a warming up period to it right like there had to have been yeah yeah, I mean, the first couple of seasons were so hit and miss with TNG, but they still, you know, you still kind of had a feeling of who the characters were. Yeah. And they were kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know. You cared about them. Like, I don't give a fuck about Harry Kim, <laughs> you know? Like, Kes showed up for two seconds in this episode, and she's probably the most interesting character on the ship. Yeah. The doctors barely in this episode, like all their hot characters that you really would kind of care about, they just kind of get sidelined really easily. And then it's a Neelix episode. Yeah, I feel like we haven't seen Tom Paris have a meaningful storyline in quite some time. Um, yeah. Like, let him go to the fucking holodeck or something. Jesus. That's what we're looking for now at this point. We want him to hang out at the holodeck. I mean, at least, you know, try and get some holographic pussy. <gasps> some trim. Something. But, see, because Dennis, I felt, I felt the opposite of the this way. I, I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, I Like, again, I liked the hot opening. I liked the conflict between the the characters. I liked, you know, I liked Janeway showing a little bit of lenience towards kind of some counsel from uh from chakotay it was nice to finally see chakotay engaged because most of the time he's just not yeah you know it was nice to see him kind of having some passion and some fire about something all it takes is for one of his friends to die (laughs) my friend did i got to help him yeah um yeah i just I, i enjoyed i enjoyed aspects of the of the show I thought they probably should have done some research about the group that they kind of were going to bond with for this. Cause Jade White was completely sideswiped by this whole thing. Like, Oh wow. These guys are terrible. They're worse than the, the other guys. Yeah. And you would think that Neelix, that's what Neelix's point. Like that's the whole reason why he's there. Yeah. It's the kind of advisors like, well, yeah, you know, the Trabe, are kind of getting their asses kicked by the Kazon, but in the historical context, they kind of had it coming because of the way they treated the Kazon before. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, like where is that's that's a Neelix gig. Where's Neelix? He totally drops the ball on this one. Yeah. Yeah. You know. What just supposed to provide that historical context and he doesn't he doesn't need to hey yeah, I escape with these guys. They're cool. Yeah. They totally gave me a ride in their van and then I, we split some some a bag of dope and these guys are awesome bro not knowing that they're also like the fucking manson family you know what i mean like yeah, it's exactly. like we got to do a little research here they might be like genocidal maniacs but i mean they're cool now because you know they're out of they're down on their luck yeah i don't know man it's just and I thought Seth I just, hope, I just hope at some point I really care about what happens to the people in this show. Yeah. Because I just really don't right now. Well, have you watched – had you watched Deep Space Nine before? Not really. Like I watched the first um, – most of the first season. So how long did it take you to start caring about the characters on Deep Space Nine? Um, well, like especially by – the season finale of the first season because they did that uh, the circle you know like the the they try to take over the station the Bajoran like terrorists and shit like that and so like like you said it's both character driven and plot driven so even when the character stuff is a little weak or the plot stuff is a little weak there's still the other half of it that picks yeah up, there's something to know? fall back on yeah like the fucking Rumpelstiltskin episode yeah. kind of ridiculous but it helps to have like O'Brien there, you know, and like uh, a character we're familiar with and, uh, you know, he's seen weird shit on the enterprise. So we can kind of talk everybody through it. It's like, oh yeah, this kind of shit happens all the time. Yeah. 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 But I mean, and there's like an existing relationship on that show with Cisco and Dax and, you know, like, so all those things kind of come together and it's kind of interesting to have, they're kind of like, uh, the Bajorans and the Federation are should have been what you know, or the Maquis and the Federation in this show should have been like the Federation and the Bajorans in Deep Space Nine because Major Kira wasn't thrilled about the Federation being there. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. it was kind of a forced relationship where yeah. okay, the Federation's here because we're not really strong enough to stand up on our own. And it's the same thing there, you know, like in the Delta Quadrant, neither one of them are strong enough to stand on the, they both need each other to kind of survive, but it doesn't really, like, it comes up every now and then, like in this episode, it bubbles up and then it just kind of goes away. Yeah. Ben has joined us. You're, I can't you, hear me yet. Yeah. You're talking about the underlying uh, Maquis situation? Where we wish that they would uh, mutiny, mutiny, do or at something. least you know do something. Yeah, yeah. I so I I don't know who the guy is um, that's with Hogan, but the guy talking is Hogan, and he's going to show like he's got like eight more appearances. Is that so the guy? Is that the guy? Is that the guy who made the call to Seska? No. And that's who's, the guy I can't remember his name. Who's that guy? Like, does he, does that ever pay off? Because Dennis and I don't remember paying off in this episode, but it does pay off later on in the series. Yes. Not okay. in this episode. Oh, but later but, on. Because I, I, I was doing the same thing after this was over. I'm like, wait, did she ever call him back? Yeah. 
Yeah. Did he? Did he ever get? But yeah, it it comes up. And I don't like the way because um, Dennis didn't care for the episode that much. I liked it because I enjoyed the conflict and stuff. <laughs> I think there are problems with that. We were talking, uh, Ben, before you got here about how mm-hmm. um, how how Voyager seems to be more plot driven than character driven at this point. So if the plots are weak, you don't have the characters to fall back on. No, I get that, and. It, it's it's definitely one of those situations where I mean we can't say that they're still finding themselves but I will always fall back on the fact that this is still uh, you know it's year two 28 episodes roughly we're 28 episodes in and I just I think of the three main shows set in the TNG era right um, I think DS9 had the strongest second season. Um, obviously, TNG had the weak second season because of the writer's strike. You don't really get that excuse. I don't even for think it Voyager, was that week. Like, sure, uh, it was some rehashed like. Phase but you still, two. but you still had like Measure of a Man was in that, and so was mm-hmm. so was the 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 cap the 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 officer exchange with the Klingons was in that season. The Borg are introduced in season two. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. so I, oh, no, they're I, good things. I just, overall, I just didn't think it was that strong of a season for TNG. I could see that, but I think, like, I just... Because uh, I was also telling Dennis, too, the Wikipedia page says that this episode is one of the worst episodes of season two of Voyager, and it felt like a mess from mm-hmm. beginning... To, it felt like a mess from beginning to end, but I feel the opposite, so I don't know if I'm a Voyager watcher, because it seems like I have very differing opinions than Voyager fans. Like an episode of Voyager fan will dig, I won't like, and an episode I like, they don't. So it's like, I don't know if if this show is speaking to my sensibilities, if that makes sense. Dude, I'm still dealing with the chaos that there are people in the world that are like big Neelix fans. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like we come across those folks and and I I don't want to, you know, be mean to any of them. But just at the same time, I just, if hey, if he's your cup of tea, cool. I just don't see his appeal. And you know, actually, yeah. in this episode, like I think Neelix is good when he's not on the ship, like when he doesn't have to kind of show his ass about, oh, I'm the expert of this quadrant, blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, like when he has to interact with other people from the Delta Quadrant, he's actually a much more tolerable character. Right. I just I, and I don't like how Sesco was kind of dangled for us here. Her her yeah. presence here served no purpose. Was she pregnant, man? I mean, but that's it. Like it's just we could have got that. Is it Chukotay's baby? But we got but we got no. I mean, they mention her because Kim mentions her in the staff meeting on like a as a joke. Well, maybe we'll just should call Seska. And they're like, oh, that's a really great idea. And then she's like, fuck. But so you you thought she would be a lot more involved in the episode. We think Chukotay was just like. Wait, wait, no, no, she wasn't serious. Hold on. <laughs> but she's she she's hardly used at all in this episode. It was more like a decoy because you yeah. hear her name and you're like, oh, cool, there's going to be even more conflict on conflict. And at least now we're going to have more character development here because we'll learn more about Chakotay and Seska's relationship. But then it wasn't really about her at all. It was about these other people who got kidnapped yeah. on this rock. The Tob. The Tob. Okay, so... The so trab. Trabe. The, the, the Trabe are so forgetful. Let, let me let me just tell you my experience with the Trabe. The Trabe. 
I don't remember them from when I watched the series the first time. So leading up through this, I'm paying a little bit more attention. And the several episodes that are Kazon-centric, they've mentioned, you know, they used to be oppressed and they threw off the, the shackles, what have you. So I was like, oh, I wonder if, why they never, you know, kind of followed up on that or, or you know, yeah, you know, explained it. Well, they do. In this episode, we meet the trade, mm -hmm. the people who had oppressed them. I watched this episode, a, a, I guess, a month ago, right? Because when we took the hiatus, I had thought we were going to record again. So I watched another one, but then we didn't do that one. Anyway, so I'd already watched this. So when I'm watching it uh, tonight, just to you know get caught back up, I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, the, the Trabe are in this. Because I had forgotten them since December. The Trabe. Right? So it's just yeah. like, these are the most useless oppressors. Well, and that's the thing that we also mentioned earlier before you joined was this is where Neelix should have been valuable. Like, he should have known that the Trabe were the ones who were oppressing the Kazon. And so yeah. you, you can't really treat them as honest brokers in this situation. Because he, well, he knew now. I mean, like when they're debriefing her or whatever, after they've, you know, brought him up, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, this is the, these are the, these are the space uh, GOP, you know, uh, Trump stained Nazis, um, white supremacist, or, you know, uh, I don't know, trade supremacist, uh, you know, jackasses that were in charge. And God, do, do you think, I guess the, the case on, you know, we never knew how bad it was. Yeah, but you know now. You, now you're saying like, oh yeah, but after the revolt, we knew. Yeah. So maybe bring this up before now. It's like, oh yeah, they're probably still pissed off about the trade. Not, oh yeah, that was them. Yeah, because yeah. as far as Janeway knows, they're just another race that the Kazon are kind yeah. of, you know, picking on in this. And I know though, he, he, he kind of brings up though that nobody knew how bad it was at the time. Yeah, but that's Neelix's job, though. He sh he's got to find out. But, until, but even then, until though. Until the, the uh, troops made it to Auschwitz, nobody knew how bad it was, right? <laughs> Is that what well, you no, I mean, that, yeah, well, I'm saying he's, he's saying no one knew how bad it was. And I, I would, if it's a very secretive society, sure, I'll, I'll let you have that. But then when the Kazan rebelled, like I said earlier, that's when everybody knew how bad it was. Yeah. So you've known for 30 years how bad it was 30 years ago. Oh, we didn't know before that. Yeah, but you've known since then. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> is my thing, you know? It's just like, I mean, if, if we find an island full of Nazis and then they bring them to Israel, you know, and the Israeli ship is there and we're going to bring them on board our ship and be like, hey, let's all have dinner. And it's just like, you know, I... I remember reading something, Captain, that Jews and Nazis may not get along. Yeah. I'm not sure, you know, we didn't know at the time, but then after, but we know now. Yeah. And so it's just like, and I'm not comparing the Jews to, to Kazan or anything, no, but no, I'm just no, saying no, that no. kind of, because I mean, these guys are, are definitely your, your, your Nazi, your Stalin, your your white supremacist your your jim crow south i mean th they fit every one of those things and you know which is a good bad guy but it's just like the federation is like oh it's been 30 years i'm sure they're they're doing much better now yeah 
now now that they've been refugees for 30 years i'm sure they've they've gotten better yeah i mean it's been 30 years since the berlin wall fell and so you know the russians are best friends now right oh (laughs) hey it's been what a hot it's been fucking 150 years since the civil war was fought i'm sure the south's cool now yeah yeah there's no statues (laughs) so it's like yeah 30 years is not a very long time. But again, this is Neelix's department. He's supposed to be their liaison. He's supposed to know all this stuff. But I I would mention it. At some point, how can Neelix know everything going on in every class M planet and every society? But he does trade with all these people. Like he's a junk merchant that goes around and sells and buys stuff from everybody. He would hear, you know, like over a drink, he would hear about, oh, yeah, these fucking trade. They did the and what I'm, fucking trade. <laughs> but what I'm saying though is that yeah, don't trade with the trade. No, but um, we're gonna boycott trade. Yeah. He uh, in this trade, episode though talks Federation. about Princess and Amidola. then they made the, they made they made droids. Yeah. Oh my god. No, so, it, yeah, I don't want to get distracted with that. Um, no, no, because the only way I can do the the their voice is to do a very racist asian stereotypical that, voice, voice and then it's yeah and then it rolls into it and then it was like oh shit that's because it, that's what they are um no but with the tribe though he's talking about them about knowing this in the past tense in this episode yeah that's what i'm saying so it's not like he's supposed to know why didn't you know this he knew this why didn't you share this yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he's known this whole time oh yeah the trade yeah we used to not know that it was bad but we know now yeah. Hey, guess what? Those guys are dicks. <laughs> just, just a heads up. You know, he's, I, he's too busy prowling the uh, Ocampa preschools to, yeah. like, being a creepo. You, you two yet? Two? Yeah. Call me when you're two, baby. Jesus Christ. But uh, yeah, she's just sixteen months old. Did you Leave like this? Did you like this episode, Ben? Uh I didn't hate it. Okay. I mean, it's it's not like one of my favorite Trek episodes of all time. I didn't, I didn't time. hate it either, but I didn't. I just didn't really care. Oh no, no, no! I'm not saying did you love it. I'm just saying like, did you like it? Like Dennis said, he didn't care for it that much. I liked it more than Dennis. I watched it twice, and I don't feel any significant PTSD from it that's good where the last episode i think i will suffer long term for having watched it twice on purpose okay so this one i don't think that i mean i just like okay i watched it again it's been a month and again because the trade are so forgetful and maybe yeah. you know that's the explanation neelix forgot all about them just the way i same way i did it's like oh yeah. shit the trade in this episode i mean they are rather dull exactly I mean, they get captured so easily, but yeah. I I did like the the meeting of the bo- of the mob bosses. I kind of got like a Godfather feel. No, to that it. was so goofy because they had the applause and the and the and, and the music piped in. Like that took me right out of it. I felt like I was yeah. listening to like a like a Black Morning Show or something. It was it so, was terrible. I because at so, first when I watched it, I was I was confused. I said, "Where is that coming from? Like, is there an audience, there an audience? for this? Like, I was like, dun 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 dun." I was like, what are we doing here? This is terrorist. Did they level up? No, okay, so about that, though, I guess 
initially it was on there. I can't I can't find where I can't remember what it said about when it aired, but on the video first video release it was, and then on what was it in in twenty seventeen it wasn't I think it's in the notes I can't remember exactly, but there was a period of time where they had cut that out. Dude, it was so fucking stupid. And then like when I watched it back in December the first time I was just like, what the fuck was that? And then you know I'd watched it on. Uh, it was so dumb on net on netflix right and then i was like oh so they changed it because i'm reading the little behind the scenes thing and i'm like they must have changed it before it, when it came on prime and then that scene comes on and nope Yay. and you can tell how popular each group is by the <laughs> amount of applause it's like i was i was tuvok I, is going to put his hand over each uh of the maj's uh, heads yeah and get the applause meter because i think Nystrom got the the loudest applause. Yeah, yeah I, I, they're like, "Oh, colors here! Ooh, oh, wow. hey. mm. oh!" Yeah, now the guy about the guy before him though, not so much. There's yeah. this thing, and that's why it's like, okay, so it's not recorded. They're not. There's not somebody over there with an applause meter. It was so odd. It yeah, was so that, odd. That was the worst. Lose a point just for that. Wait, yeah. who's the uh, who is the Maj from Nog's tribe? Did that episode end with him being the Maj? I don't recall. I, remember. I don't think he was the Maj. Yeah, I don't but, think he was the so Maj. But I wonder if that guy was in this episode. Well, there's I hear there's a, a pretty significant turnover in those Maj positions. Yeah. So if it wasn't, I don't I wouldn't count it against now, him. who did you hear that from, Ben? Hmm? Who did you hear that from? That there's a lot of turnover in the mosh positions. People are saying. People are saying there's a lot of turnover. In the smart, smart, smart people. Yeah. The, the best people. Who are those smart and best people, Ben? That's what the, I want to know. The admirals. I, I talk to a lot of the admirals, and the admirals are uh, the Norfolk admirals. admirals? <laughs> Jakes. The. I know. I'm, I'm talking to smart people, and you know, and I know uh, Admiral Galloway from Starfleet headquarters at Starfleet Intelligence with a tear in his eye. He said, Ben, turnover like this, you just don't see. And for you to have noticed it, you truly are a great man. All right. And I was like, thank you, Admiral. Thank you, Admiral. Mm-hmm. I'm always saying, I'm always, I'm always saying that. Thank you, Admiral. I'm always saying thank you, Admiral. Cause they're always coming up to me going, Ben, for a Lieutenant commander, you make Starfleet better. And I'm like, I know Admiral. Thank you, Admiral. It's because you have to be polite with people. You really that, do. That's, a, that's, that's always been my thing. Be polite. Be honest. Be polite. That's true. You're right about that. Yeah. I'm just, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I, I Now, it's weird because I'm still going to stick by my guns and say I like this episode. I'm mm-hmm. not going to let you guys talk me out of it. Um, I'm, uh, you shouldn't. I enjoyed it. Because uh, again, I like the hot opening. I like the only the thing c- I think you should think about is how it ended, and the like, ending was dumb. Yeah, because she definitely got they, Picard preachy. Yeah, but like there should still have been like an undertone of well, we still think we need to fucking do something else instead of the Federation principles. You know, like that's it, our. It should have been more ally. overt. Like I'm sure it's going to come up again later, um, but like keep feeding us that. Uh, disgruntled Maquis storyline. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that would make the show so much more interesting. 
Yeah. Other than, oh, we're disgruntled. And then by the end of the episode, oh, Jingler was right. Yeah, because the thing is, um, if they were disgruntled about the Federation principles, being wrong one time isn't going to quest, quell those those talks. It's just going to be, well, next time we just need to do better. And if, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was, I thought that was weird. I didn't like, I didn't like her speech at the end. That's the one thing I didn't really like about it. Yeah. And I, I did notice that on a lot of the, uh, what was it in the notes on the Wikipedia page, they had talked about how they regretted that. That was definitely yeah. in the line of, if I could do something different, what would I do that? Yeah, Just it, it definitely wasn't good. Yeah. I think that was definitely because we talk about sometimes how, you know, what fits better in TNG. And that's definitely a Picard at the end of the episode, uh, preachy speech. And by the way, I don't trust Tuvok as a uh, a narrator uh, talking about, oh, yeah, well, uh, so when Spock said that the Klingons should become allies with the Federation, you know, Mm -hmm. nobody liked it. And I spoke out against it myself trying to equate himself with spock like all right fuck face yeah yeah i thought that was was you were you were an ensign at that time yeah i believe and nobody cared yeah you should be lucky that spock let you bring him a soy chai latte bro (laughs) (laughs) i did like though that you know you're trying to add some validity to your show by mentioning the original the movie that has just recently been in theaters I think all of the, you know. Yeah, but I mean, we could, to... we could say Discovery does it all the time. Like, Discovery is always bringing up Spock and all kinds of shit. So, I mean. That's, well, yeah, that's he was a character pack. on the show. Yeah, yeah but that's I, her brother. Yeah, but I'm just saying. <laughs> and I like how they did that when she got, well, I don't want to spoil third season. I've seen but, it. So she's, you know, for, you know, everybody pause for five minutes if you haven't seen it yet. But. Are so you telling us you're about to talk for in. five minutes about this? <laughs> yes. So no, it's just that when she gets to the 32nd century and she gets back to the discovery, one of the first things she does is ask the computer what happened to Spock. Yeah. And then we see old Spock from Unification on TNG when he's talking about you know reunifying Romulus and, and Vulcan. And now, 900 years later, his, you know, the thing he dreamed about, the thing he worked toward had come true. So it was, it was, I think that was a nice way to do it. This way, the way they do it in this, I'm not saying it was bad in this episode. I'm just saying it was kind of like, oh, we've got this, you know, this new thing that we can talk about from the original series. Yeah. And, you know, and same thing with like TNG when, I mean, theirs was even more blatant that with that unification episode where it was just like, oh, the movie's not out. So we're going to do our tie in, which kind of advertises for the movie. So I don't know. Yeah, don't I mean, believe them. Don't trust them. Let them die. That's what I took from Star Trek six. I mean, that's what you could take from this episode too. Like, don't trust them. Uh, don't do it. Let them die. Well, no, that's on, on my shoulder. I've got like a the Starfleet Delta, and it yeah. says, "Don't believe them, don't trust them, let them die." So, don't believe Klingons. them. Don't trust them. They killed my son. 
I don't know, man. Um, I did like the, you know, how Jar Jar Abrams ripped off uh, this episode with his uh, Star Trek con episode or movie. That is what I thought when that happened. I was yeah. Like, oh, this is just like uh, when uh, Khan came and shot yeah. him at the Federation meeting. Shoots up the place. And this, uh, you know, this is 30 years ago. So I think they uh, beat him to it. So you you're, say, so? you're saying that this episode had an impact on J.J. Abrams so much that he ripped it off? I think he was just like scanning for cool ideas. And somebody was like, oh, well, we had this one episode of Voyager. And he's like, use it. <laughs> He's like a 1930s newspaper man. Yeah, put that in there. Let's give these kids something to see. And give me pictures of Spider-Man. I don't know, man. I like this ep- I like this episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my rating and I'm gonna say my rating is a six and a half. Okay. Six and a half for me. Okay. I enjoyed it. Ben, what like about said, you? I had, I had fun with it. I'd give it a six. It was more than just an episode. I think it kind of, you know, it had the things that we want. It has the, the uh, you know, they're trying to add the ongoing issues with the Maquis not being fully integrated, not always agreeing. It had the, the intrigue of setting up future, you know, plot points. You know, did uh, the, the guy who looks like the Aaron Burr commercial guy, did he uh, get his call ever picked up or, you know, did he get through? Is that going to come back? So I like that kind of thing where it, you know, kind of tingles the ongoing stuff. So yeah, it was a six. It, I mean, it wasn't like you know, sacrifice of angels, and get a nine out of me. But it's it's definitely, you know, more than just a okay. It 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 showed up. It didn't crash. The opening was great, like you guys had mentioned. I like that. So yeah, six. Dennis. So I think for that those exact reasons, I'm kind of more disappointed by it because just as a series as a whole, because it is more episodic or whatever. So when they put in those little things like the guy calling Seska and then it doesn't pay off in this episode, it just makes you feel like nothing's ever going to happen with that. And by the time it does, you've forgotten that it happened in the first place. <laughs> well, because I also think it's because it was a character who's so non- consequential if it would have been yeah. someone who whose actions would have had more ramifications if it would have been like torres torres yeah that would be perfect like let torres do it it falls apart later and then she has to get called on the carpet by janeway and janeway has to decide do i you know how is this going to affect my relationship with her i still need her to be my chief engineer but can i tolerate this level of insubordination or whatever like this guy gives a fuck like he yeah. gets caught later so what shoot him out the airlock nobody cares yeah see i don't i don't think we have to go that far with it but i think like so many times before so you don't want to be interesting we, we <laughs> i think we can make it interesting in a different way is like we've said before though on multiple episodes where they bring in a guy or a person for like one or two episodes to try to make us care about them and then kill them off like uh the guy who got his face removed or uh, God, there was another one, but they don't bring them in early enough and let us like see them. So if Jonas and Hogan had, you know, been in the background for like four or five episodes this season, like if we'd seen them all, you know, on and off all the way through second season, yeah, 
and then Joan. You know, and we know yeah, that yeah, they yeah, kind yeah. Let it be workout guy. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be him again. It's got to be someone of note, and I think that's the that's the one thing I thought Deep Space Nine did really well was they would introduce a character and you'd see him a couple times, and then something would happen as opposed like Eddington. to Eddington. Yeah, you know, like nobody would ever think Eddington Eddington is a major character uh, or like a main cast member for DS Nine, but he's so important to the series because he comes in and you just think he's some asshole lieutenant, and then mm-hmm. he just like flips the whole thing on his head. Dude, I mean, but if you look at, I, I, if you look at Deep Space Nine, I mean, they did it with countless numbers. Look at Nog. Nog is Jake's friend, and then by the end of the show, he's got one of the most satisfying character arcs in Star I, Trek. I, I don't think you can compare secondary characters on DS Nine to anything else. It's because true. They, they, I mean, it's it's. I think that's just an, a completely unfair comparison. Well, look at Barclay for any, for, for any show. Yeah, you know. Barclay. You know, he was what two, three episodes, but then he comes back for the movies. He's on Voyager. I think it's um, a little different with Barclay because it's Dwight Schultz and he's kind of a recognizable face. Well, they make it a recognizable actor. There's all kinds of guys in the '90s that could have used work. You know what I mean? I like the guy from Empty Nest. Make it the guy for the old guy with the gray hair from Empty Nest who looked like Leslie Nielsen. That guy could have been the, the guy from the, yeah, the guy from Soap, Richard Mulligan. Yeah, use him. There's all kinds of people you could have. <laughs> he's, he's a he's a retired Starfleet admiral. You're like, oh, that's the I guy from Empty Nest. You know, there's all kinds I, of people. I just, it hurts me that you went to Empty Nest and not Soap. I just yeah. I know him from Empty Nest. I don't know him from Soap. Yeah. It's kind of like his his dog Dreyfus could have been on the show too. It's kind of like um, Johnny Fever died today. Howard Howard Hessman, right? Oh my God, is that I his name? That. Yeah, yeah. Howard Hessman passed away today. From head of the class. That's where I know him from. I know him more from Head of the Class than from WKRP yeah. because I loved Head of the Class. See, I did that as a joke because I knew him definitely more from WKRP yeah. because I'm old. Um, but I knew him as head of the class. I, that was a great yeah. show. And see, I know, see, for whatever, even though he started the role, I know, uh, God, what's the, the Scottish actor, Conley, the comedian guy Tim that took Conley? over for him. From head of the class? Yeah, when, when Howard Hessman left, uh, this, uh, Billy, Billy Conley. Came in and Billy took Conley over was on that show. Yeah, I don't remember that. I must have stopped watching by then. Yeah, it, it was. Oh, it Billy was past its prime. Billy, Billy Conley. Oh, okay. But uh, no, so I just I you know I don't expect though to be like you know next time I don't know a new episode of Voyager. Tom Cruise is Ensign Jonas. I don't think like, it has right. to be Tom Cruise, but you could, you could come up with. Like, oh, look, it's Mario Lopez from Saved by the Bell or somebody. You know would have been good is uh, Tony Shalhoub, somebody like that, because he wasn't a big star yet. He was mm-hmm. on Wings as Wings. like a supporting character. But he hadn't he started. He hadn't broken yet. through. Yeah. yeah. Like he hadn't broken through as a guy that you could actually headline a show or movie with. Right. So I was going to say, who's that Dwight Schultz? In an ensemble cast, but not the primary part of the ensemble cast Fucking, from the early 90s. What's his name? Uh, from Seinfeld, the uh, Elaine's boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, Putty? Putty would have been perfect. Yeah. Because uh, he fir- uh, I don't know, Jamie. Because first <laughs> off, he'd fill out the uniform. He'd look great in the uniform. Yeah. 
he'd be a security guy that uh, barely passed the Starfleet ASVAB and uh, you know, security. And was then they could always get. talk about why is that guy always squinting? And he's, <laughs> what's, what's up with that guy? But he's a versatile actor. Uh, he's very talented, and he and like you said, he hadn't broke through yet. He was a character guy at that point. He would have been yeah, good. And he could, and he could be a workout guy's uh, buddy. He, you know, he's you know always making fun of him. He could have been the Maquis guy who makes the call, and we see him for like three or four episodes. I think he, uh, Jonas is on. I think six more episodes, five more after this, so maybe four. Anyway. I'm just whenever they have a recurring background Maquis, I'm always excited because it's like even if he gets like three or four episodes, it's just like finally, you know, some recurring background characters. Yeah. I don't. I just find it annoying because if you want to serialize it, then serialize it. If you want to make yeah. it episodic, then make it episodic. I don't They're think they want to I like walk the line, and it's not working. I don't think they have any interest in serializing this show. This is episodic television at its finest. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, even TNG was episodic television at its finest. But you would bring in, you would have a memorable character that would show up, and then maybe you'd see him again, and they'd make two appearances. You know what I mean? And a lot of those times, they were guys that were already on the show, like fucking lore. You just go, "Hey, you're here. Let's Brett. Let's let's do two of you today." But but you we're know, like it. so when they did Q Who, and we he t- makes them meet the Borg or whatever, like. Mm-hmm. They could have never brought the Borg back and it would have been fine, you know? Mm-hmm. But like with this, like, well, I guess they're not going to bring the trade back, right? Well, there's, I, well, but, the idea of, ep- well, there's, you could still do episodic television with recurring bad guys um, because the original series yeah, did no, that nonstop. Yeah. Um, but the yeah. idea that this is not episodic television, they don't want anything to do with it. They like, just want, I guess, the- like the whole Maquis thing, like, you know. They pretty much at the end of Caretaker had plastered over that whole thing and said, okay, yeah, we're one crew now. And say, okay, fine, just roll with it. Don't keep bubbling up every five or six episodes with a, well, I'm a little upset about what the captain's doing. And then by the end of the episode, everybody's back in line. Well, I don't think it's annoying to me. I I don't think it's, I think everybody's going to complain about their boss from time to time. but from, especially if you're doing things the Maquis way, like like bordering on mutiny, and then by the end of the episode, they're like, "Oh, I guess we were wrong." Well, I mean, so to take your always hating your boss or whatever, I mean, what if you're at the you've got like a, a plant, and then you work at like the, the the I don't know the resale plant that the the branch that gets closed down, but they put a lot of your jobs over at the main plant, and now you know you still got the guys you used to work with. But now you've got the guys who are at the main office that you have to work with, you know. So you're going to come. Oh, we never did this back at our plant. You know, we, yeah. you know, we always got Fridays off. And then when it it works out or whatever, you the thing you're bitching about that week, you, you find something new to bitch about. Look, it sucks. They used to let us wear jeans on Friday. This is bullshit. Don't even have a fucking football pool. Yeah, what the hell? Y'all do Mar- March Madness? March? See, I've got like three episodes already this series <laughs> it's gonna be set in like an office and it's gotta be something like like the kind office of on the, space like a, maybe a paper factory or something or a paper <laughs> salesman i think this could work i think you could uh you could do um yeah well if it's gonna be star trek then they could be pad salesmen they, they sell pads to them but they said here's the thing though is that the, the new thing coming out is our pads that can hold more than one book 
Mm. And so it's like revolutionizing the market. So yeah, people Staples are going to be out really of fucking crushing us on those <laughs> multi-book pads. You can you can have like five reports in one pad. I don't know, uh, Dennis. You never gave your score. Uh, it's like a five. Okay. Like I don't think it's bad, uh, <clears throat> but I just find myself not caring and then being a little annoyed sometimes when I watch it. So. Yeah, I see. I I can understand that. I always count that. That's five for me is like just an episode. Yeah, it was an episode. Yeah, because it's just, that, it's that my emotions. Mid-ground. My emotions even out because there's okay. some things that I liked, but then they just blow it for me, and then it kind of leaves <laughs> me back in the middle. I get that. I understand. I honestly think this show really should have been at least for the first season, like just a constant struggle between Federation values and Maquis, like principles yeah hey there's a gaseous anomaly we should check it no we shouldn't fucking check it out we should try to get home no yeah that That would be great like chakotay's always like pulling her aside to say captain what the fuck are you doing like i don't care if there's coffee in that nebula we need to fucking get home some of some of the crew are just you know I, i hear things yeah and then sometimes she's right sometimes he's right and they gotta find a way to work together as opposed to what we have which is you know they just kind of do what Janeway says yeah and we get a Berman preachy Picard speech at the end of the episode yeah our principles our good our good principles and American values will keep I mean uh, Federation values will, will be our greatest ally yeah thanks it's the best we have correct well then we're Best. fucked. Yeah, essentially. So. I like. I did like just real quick before we go. Harry Kim being so dead set against it. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's fresh out of the academy. He's had that that academy prime directive beyond all else brainwashing. He's the most hardcore. indoctrinated person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He has. It has. He has no real to... experience to kind of yeah. start chipping away at it. So I, I do like that. That, that was I, I appreciated that that he was the one that spoke up yeah and she, i like how she was also like harry shut up yeah we we can discuss that later shut not here up, harry yeah i don't know harry's harry's moving up the scale on uh folks i like on this series but the doctor is still my favorite so far on this series yeah the doctor is hard not to like I also I was, think I was saying earlier the Doctor and Kess are probably two of the most interesting characters on the show, and they're barely yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Well, because I think they've done the most character development for the two of them than they have for the rest. Like, what do we really even know about fucking Paris? That his dad was his his dad was an admiral, and he went to jail for a little while. And like he likes he likes the 20th century. Like that's all we know about him. Like that's it. We're 28 episodes in, and all I know about Paris is that his dad, and we learned that in the first episode. His dad yeah. is an admiral. He was in jail. Oh, and he likes the 20th century. Yeah. That's it. That's all we know. You know? They're not gonna find too many more trucks just floating out in space for him to be useful. Yeah, I mean, and he likes to chat. I guess he he's a tail hound because I guess he's gotten in trouble with yeah, some chicks. Yeah, show us more of that. You know, 
like when mean. Neelix Neelix is in that club and that guy's trying to do the puzzle, like have uh, Paris show up and Mac on the chick. I think like Paris should solve the puzzle and the then blue. like walk off. Yeah, and the, and the sunglasses come down, and it just says "deal with." It. Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. And that's the real reason why we can't have peace with yeah. the Kazon. <laughs> Paris keeps taking all their women. Paris, he's taking all our women. Paris be fucking all the hoes. It's like I, I can't believe Seska betrayed us, and now she's sleeping with that Kazon. And says, so, you know, Paris is just off of the back, and he's just under his breath, like, well, she wasn't that good in bed anyway. What? I taught her half of what she knows. What? And then the whole subplot of Chakotay and him being Eskimo bros. Yeah. And like they both start having like pains when they urinate in the morning and they can't figure out why. But then. Hey, Doc. Uh, you know, the doctor's like, I just ran samples on the entire crew and it looks like we've got a case of Cardassian VD running around. Wait, how did what? that happen? Cardassian? I thought she was Bajoran. <laughs> all right so that's the episode hey two weeks in a row we got new dork trek everybody i'm i'm shocked look at that i mean we're back baby we're back and i was telling i was in, in our group text that we have i was saying that i miss watching star trek like i'm really excited to be watching um even though the next episode we have to watch is threshold which i've heard is a real bummer you got to get through that one just so you can get all the jokes and memes for the next 20 years that, that's oh, worth it. I mean, according in 2015, Threshold was included in Geek.com's 35 Greatest Moments of Star Trek. Is that like though when somebody like Trump or Hitler wins Man of the Year? Yeah. For time, the most they influential. Say, they like, rank Tom Paris hitting warp 10 as the 30 greatest moment in all of Star Trek. But then Screen Rant says this is the fifth worst episode of the Star Trek franchise. I, they can, I would agree they with can that. both be true, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, because just like we had in this episode, we have great moments, but overall, it's not a great episode. So I'm looking forward to watching Threshold. Now you'll get all the jokes. All right, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, we appreciate your listening. We appreciate you guys being patient with us. We're back two weeks in a row, um, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you. Three weeks in a row. It's like a streak, right? Three weeks in a row. Yeah. So, and then, hey, how's that soy latte coming, everybody? It's coming good. It's coming good.